If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Level Up, the esports and gaming show with me, Nathan Bliss, esports and gaming writer at Reach PLC. Joining me on Level Up Pod this week, I'm delighted to welcome Marcus Cole, uh, also known as PC Centric, the content creator, YouTube extraordinaire. Marcus, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast to, to chat with me. But first of all, how are you? I'm doing very well, and what an intro! <laughs> Thank you very much. As I mentioned off microphone, genuinely, I'm not just saying it. Genuinely, I'm a big fan of yours, and I watch your content. Um, yes, it's a really cool thing for for this podcast to have you on. And and thanks again. But I mean, just looking at your your channel, you've had 63 million views in total. You've got 396,000 subscribers. You're a huge content creator in the community. How did it How did it all start for you? It's an interesting one, actually, because it. I think it, I was quite lucky in the sense that everything sort of decided to fall in place at the same time, because I always had an interest in photography from my dad. He, he wasn't like a big photographer or anything, but he did have uh, DSLRs and would used to let me play with them and would go out and take pictures together. And so I decided to get myself my own DSLR. And at this time, that was also when I was getting into PC gaming. And just when Windows 8 launched, I wanted to know whether it was going to be worth upgrading from Windows 7 to Windows 8 for gaming. And I was looking for content online and I couldn't really see anything at all. There wasn't uh, any sort of articles or any videos or anything that would say, this is the performance you'd get before you upgrade and then this is what you get after. And the camera was sort of staring at me from the other side of the room. And so I thought, you know what, why don't I just do it myself and document it and make a video. And it didn't really go very well at all. But I guess that probably uh, helped with the the video, made it more interesting because everything else about it wasn't great. The audio quality was terrible. I had autofocus on the camera that kept going in and out, in and out. And it would be absolutely terrible to watch today. But it, it started everything off. It got enough views from me to to pursue it. And I've just been doing it ever since, really. Yeah, I have watched that video in the research and yeah, I know what you mean about the camera. You can visibly hear it, can't you, refocusing at the start. But I mean, in terms of that, it's got 52,000 views. I'm not sure how many that has, has come after the fact, but just looking at like speaking to content creators and YouTubers previously, looking at some of your re- your video, I mean, that video was recorded in October 2012, which is a lifetime ago really for, for the YouTube space. But like you... You were amassing quite a lot of views straight away, pretty much. Like if you look at the numbers, um, your first video did 52,000, then 12,000, then 28,000. Uh, then you had a 250,000 view one, which was the eight reasons why you should have a gaming PC. And it kind of just all went from there. How how surprising was that? And, and how much of a confidence boost was it for you at that early time? I mean, honestly... It was nice to see everything come in. And I think I did have a bit of a competition with someone else that I knew that was sort of making videos as well. And it just became 
well, yeah, a bit of a competition, really. And that was part of the driving force to keep doing it. But it was more just that I had these questions that were unanswered and I just liked answering them. I mean, I've always been a really techie guy and it used to almost frustrate me a little bit that when you feel like you've done the research and you'd know about a certain topic, so let's say televisions, which television should you buy? And then someone is looking to buy a new television and you're trying to give them a, some advice and they just don't really, they don't almost take you seriously. I think the thing that I liked best about it was that you can put yourself online and you can talk about things and people not only are willing to listen, but they want to listen. That they, They're seeking your content out. So it, it was just the idea really of, of almost people caring what I had to say was more important to me than everything else. I mean, obviously you want to get as many views as possible, but it was almost as if I'd sort of found something or I'd found other people that were like myself. And it's not like, I don't know, when you're growing up in school and things that you have, you're not surrounded by all these people who have the same sort of interests as you. So it, it was almost a bit of a discovery thing for me, really, just to discover that actually my interests are shared globally and there's loads of people that are interested in the same sort of things and it was and it was really quite impressive really back then what was your background and at that time when you started the channel is is that something that you thought you know what i want to do this as a career or was that did that come a bit later on down the line i can honestly say i i didn't consider it as a career for probably about four years after I started doing it. And even then, that was more the idea of, oh, maybe I can do this as a career one day. I, I was watching your, your Linus Tech and, and people like that before I started making the channel and I was using that as information for building my own gaming PC. It didn't really sort of materialize into something that could be a career, I guess, for, yeah, I'd say about three or four years, just because looking ahead, I was... I mean, I, d I didn't even do IT at school, to be honest with you. I it was always just a hobby for me. And I just finished secondary school, sixth form, and I was thinking about going to university. And I almost did a, a degree in geology. And the reason for that was because I was sort of told or thought it would be a good idea. And then I took a gap year and sort of realized, actually, I'm not remotely, well, not not remotely, but I'm certainly not interested enough in that stuff to to want to do it as a career. I should be focusing on something I actively want to do. So I sort of built up the channel in the background whilst working out what I wanted to do. I went to university to study computer science and then it was almost ready for me when I when I came out. So I, I still have no idea how I managed to maintain the channel and actively upload while I was at university. When I think back to that, the workload must have been absolutely insane. But I'd like to think that at least shows off how much I do enjoy doing this. I don't think you could work uh, during the day and then work on the channel during the night if you, you didn't enjoy doing it. Yeah, I, I was just I found that amusing the ju juxtaposition there between the two different routes. I suppose you could have gone down because there's nothing more different really than rocks and tech. Is there really? No, you not, could... not massively. No. <laughs> there's a there's a very big difference between the two, and it would have been it would have been quite amusing for you to be to be studying that while also having a tech channel on YouTube. That could have been quite quite interesting. I, I could be a, a massive uh, petrol exploration YouTuber for all you know. Well, yeah, that that could have been that could have been the future. We'll never know. That could have been a branch out of the timeline, I suppose. Exactly, different timeline. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> 
But that's a great segue into how the industry's changed since you've been doing it because now being a content creator is an acceptable thing, especially for the younger demographic. It's a genuine career, isn't it? If people want to do that and they've got an interest in in things, that that's a genuine career, isn't it now? It is and it isn't. <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier. I mean, if you if you look at, I guess, movies and actors, if you so if you're looking at the real top people, then I think looking outside in you see obviously all of the success and i guess the the money that these people are earning but then you you don't see the journey and you don't see that risk that they would have taken from a, a young age when they started uh, going to is it acting school is that what they they call it yeah theater school yeah theater yeah. school yeah um and i guess in some ways it is the same sort of thing with modern day entertainment because it is that gamble if if you're deciding from nothing, I guess, that this is what you want to do, then it's it's a it's a really difficult thing to recommend. I think that is very different to having started it, seeing a little bit of success, and then wanting to pursue it. It's they're not quite the same same sorts of things because, like I was mentioning earlier, when I was at university and sort of doing it, if 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 you if you're doing it because you want it to be a career rather than because you really enjoy what you do. I think you're going to struggle a little bit because there have been so many times that I've been just worked into the ground, stressed. It's caused a lot of strain on relationships. It's caused well strain on academic stuff. While I, there's just so much going on, but fundamentally, it all comes back to that thing of me loving tech and me wanting to talk about tech and doing those two a.m. editing sessions because I want to get it done and I want to get it uploaded and I want that satisfaction from completing something. That's the thing that has driven me, if you like. Um, so I would say that that should always be the the first priority, and then the deciding whether it can be your career and whether you want to pursue it and give up other things is definitely something that comes second. That's a great point because you look at content creators like yourself and it's quite easy to assume, isn't it? Oh, it's like an overnight success, but it's it's absolutely not. You've had to put hours and hours, millions of hours of work into the channel to to make it what it has been today. And if you haven't got a genuine interest and a genuine love for what you do, then you're not going to want to put that that effort in, are you? So um, I think when, when I said about being a, a career opportunity, I think more from fewer to go to somewhere and they said what what do you do if you say oh i'm a content creator if you'd have said that in 2012 they would have probably not really understood what you meant by that but nowadays you can you can say i'm a content creator and pretty much everyone on planet earth will understand what what that means yeah i think so there's definitely still a bit of stigma around it but i don't think anywhere near as much as there was i remember going to my first ever event which was for it was lg actually i think it was an lg phone event so Probably won't be any more, those, <laughs> yeah. sadly. And yeah, I was just in a room with people I've no idea who they were. There wasn't anyone else like myself there. And if people did start talking to you, then they would sort of be like, oh, I, you know, I, I see why he's here, sort of thing. Rather than if you go to a room, like Computex is my biggest event. It's all about computers and it's in Taiwan. Now, when I go to that, a lot of people sort of do take you very seriously, which is nice. But I think just talking to regular people and saying, hey, I'm a PC gaming content creator, then you'd still get a bit of a funny look. But ultimately, uh, when when you're doing what you love, it doesn't really doesn't really matter too much. 
yeah, we it's it's a very similar story, I think, with with esports players. I and mean, we spoke to a lot of professional esports players from whether it be FIFA or CS:GO or Rocket League or NBA or whatever. And th- there's always a bit of that stigma when you know they ask what they do, and I'm a professional FIFA player or you know professional NBA 2K player or whatever it is. There's always going to be a part of the population that that don't understand. But I think in terms of particularly the last two three years, the the space has really ramped up. And particularly with gaming and esports becoming more popular than ever, I think people are being educated all around the world and not just the younger generation, but the older generation really getting involved in it. And I think that's that's great to see for everyone. And it's a really cool community to be involved with, isn't it? Absolutely, for sure. I mean, I think things really started to change. What was it, 2006, where you had the Nintendo Wii sort of came in and got everybody gaming. I think you can almost pinpoint the moment, uh, the moments in time where where these things did start to change, I guess. And I think actually lockdown last year is probably going to be seen as one of those key key changes, really, when people discover hobbies and things to do at home. And I guess, especially with YouTube now, getting into PC gaming um, itself can be a lot easier. But like you say, game streaming, esports, there are so many different avenues uh, and so many different outlets, I guess, for you to get new uh, information or, or to get new entertainment so it's great that there's plenty of choice yeah absolutely and i think we started the podcast during the lockdown last year and there, w- there was just a brilliant moment where there was there was no sports going on obviously but esports was still going on because it's so flexible you can do it remotely and we saw the sim racing that was going on and the not the gp series of the virtual grand prix and my whole family were getting involved in that and we were all watching it and and it was great to see you know like cricketers and and content creators and even formula one drivers you know getting involved with it and shined a light on all the good things that yeah i honestly couldn't agree uh with you more on that really it's like you say with the formula one drivers it's almost because the people you know are, are getting into it it almost introduces new people to it and almost gives I don't, I don't want to say acceptance, that's not the right word, but it, it almost, to, to, to people that have no knowledge, I guess, or haven't seen it before, then I think, yeah, it's a great avenue to, to get them into it. Yeah, and particularly with sports, there's, there's always that kind of comparison between sports and esports. And um, I've kind of changed my mind a few times on is esports a sport and stuff. So I'm not going to get into that. But I think what an in- really interesting thing about esports in particular, and that includes content creators as well, is that sport traditionally is very locked down. Like you don't really know sports men and women as well as you think you do and if they do talk it's a press conferences when they're under pressure or you know if if it's a tennis player they're speaking after a three-hour marathon where they've just put expended loads of energy like you don't really get to know people but in esports and in the content creator world and the tech world in general um you get access to people like you don't in sport. And I think that's one of the great things about the industry. And particularly is it's it's not behind a paywall either. It's it's easily accessible to everyone worldwide. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, with game streaming as well, um, just just game streaming in general, that that's something I know I, I don't think I could do every day. I have a lot of respect for those those people. Um, so for sort of esports people that will commit every day to being the best at what they do as well. I, I think it's it's highly commendable and most people just wouldn't really understand. I mean I certainly don't um <laughs> yeah. until until you've sort of seen firsthand, I guess, uh, what what they have to do, the amount of time 
Well, it's even usual sports, you know, like the Olympics, when you when you hear the stories of, of I don't know, like an Olympic diver or something and how the whole life has been committed to something. And I guess with esports, it's, it's it's nice that you can almost get a bit of that background as well because they can they can talk about it more. They have that that outlet. Yeah, but I think that's something that um, professional esports players, sports and content creators have because you mentioned it there. It's the sacrifice, isn't it? You, you have to sacrifice a lot for the thing that you're passionate about. Would you agree that, that that sacrifice has been worth it to be able to reach this many people and to bridge a whole community? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One, 100%. I know everyone's going to have a different different opinion on what they're willing to give up. Um, I, I'm not sure if you're aware of Mr. Who's the Boss. He's a tech YouTuber. Uh, I've, I've, I've heard of the... Yeah, I've heard of it vaguely. I, I don't... I think I've watched him, but I've heard of vaguely, yeah. So he's on about... 7 million subs I think now so he's oh, wow. he's huge um but I've known him for a long time and had the uh had the luxury of being able to spend a fair bit of time with him and sort of go over there spend some time with his family over the last few years and when I think how much I've sacrificed time wise I, I I don't think there's any way I could sacrifice more like I I uh, always take weekends off um, unless there's like a big launch or something, just because otherwise I'm like, well, I'm giving up too much. Whereas I've, I've seen the journey that he's done from, I, I met him when it was on about 250,000 subs to to the 7 million that he's on now. It It is crazy. He will work pretty much every single day when he gets up at, I don't know, 8am till 12pm at night, doesn't take weekends. And it's just been a mad train for the last last few years. It is It, it is crazy. So if you think that, yeah, I, I've had to give up a lot, but for me, it's comfortable to to get to the real top like he has. I, I know genuinely, I don't think I could do that. I, I personally wouldn't want to do that, but it's 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 very commendable what he's managed to achieve. And you you mentioned Linus Tech Tips earlier. I'm a massive fan of them as well. I've been watching watching Linus and his channels for for years and if you think about how many subscribers that they've got and how many views they get on every video and um it's, it's it would be very easy to look at a video they've done and think oh that you know that that seems pretty easy but when you look at the history of what they've had to go through you know that channel wasn't even it was ncix wasn't it that he actually had to buy the actual channel off them to be able to start it all and he, he shows his whole life he shows his family it's 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 his whole business and have you seen his most recent studio tour yeah it was I, I it blew me away that that their business is making YouTube videos and yet their studio is absolutely huge. Well, it's like, not even a studio, is it? It's about no, four different. It's a warehouse, isn't it? It's <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it's it's incredible what what they. But again, you mentioned that sacrifice. Like, just think about the the amount of time that Linus has had to put into that, and all the people around him as well. And I don't, I don't know how he has time to do anything else other than make YouTube videos because of no. I mean, maybe he doesn't. That's that's the yeah. thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the the beauty of having staff is you can get help. But I think when when you're the sort of person that wants to sort of do everything yourself you end up using the the help to create bigger and better stuff rather than you're not offloading work if that makes sense yeah definitely and you're in a great position to talk about this i mean how has the industry changed technology the industry since you got involved in it in in 2012 um it's definitely changed a lot um i think the main thing for me would just be working with brands there's sort of more opportunities to get the products in there's more acceptance for 
for what we do, I guess. So traditionally, when you're trying to get loaner products for review, then they would usually go to like big big publications and review sites and things. Whereas over the last few years, they definitely have had more samples, I guess. Um, and it's been easier to, to work with them, I guess, on things like NVIDIA's graphics card launches, let's say. Um, I think I got my first card off them was like the 1070 Ti. So I've been working with them ever since on reviewing their cards, which has been pretty cool. Um, but it's definitely... It, it, it's 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 a tough one because I think there has been a natural shift from sort of traditional print to online and then now online to video. And then at the moment, we're now, I'm not sure if it's a shift is the right word, but there is a huge, huge opportunity for creators that want to create either YouTube shorts or TikTok content because yeah. the amount of people that are wanting to watch that is a lot higher than the amount of content that is out there. So if anyone is listening to this and they do genuinely want to try and like get into something and share their passion, then TikTok, YouTube Shorts, I guess Instagram Reels. I, I'm not so familiar with Instagram Reels, but TikTok and YouTube Shorts. Make some stuff on that. It doesn't matter how good or bad it is. It this is the the opportunity, and if you really want to do it, now is the time. Yeah, but as part of the traditional media, I suppose you call it, it's I've definitely seen that that shift as well. And it's interesting in terms of how we cover this particular stuff. And I think the traditional media will have to change how they cover it to to match what what you guys are doing because if you were looking at buying the 3090 if you can get hold of one we'll come on to that in a minute but um if you were looking at buying that you know the brand new graphics card either from Nvidia or AMD you you you're gonna go on YouTube or you're gonna go on Twitch and and look at live unboxing or I think it depends on depends on the product. I mean personally speaking if I was gonna buy a graphics card then I would want to sort of look at a mix and just I guess my natural biases would say that if it's uh, more of a traditional outlet, then they've probably got a more rigid uh, sort of like benchmarking uh, like setup, I guess. I, I'm not saying this is true, but I mean, my brain would naturally say that if they've got the figures, those are the figures that I want to look at. Yeah. Which I know isn't true. Everyone that's doing their job properly, it doesn't matter, obviously, what your background is or, or where you're working for YouTube or it, do, it doesn't matter. But then... I'd probably want to see the more visual stuff over on YouTube. So I'd probably watch a, a fair mix, I guess. Um, but anything like that's very like, I guess, lends itself to written. So it's very in-depth, detail, specifics, um, and probably, yeah, more numbers and more graft-based than I would be looking at online stuff. But yeah, to actually see and, I guess, feel and probably not smell, but get as close to, <laughs> to smelling the products as you could, <laughs> then yeah, YouTube is definitely the the way to go, I think. Yeah, the, you talk about the, the shorts as well and like YouTube shorts and TikTok and stuff and how popular that's getting. And it seems like the, the content is getting shorter and shorter as well. And people are wanting like snapshots of, of things as well. If, if you, why, why do you think that is? Why do you think it's it's going towards that type of content? Well, I was, I was thinking about this this morning, actually, on the dog walk as the dog decides to start bark, <laughs> barking in the background. It's brilliant timing. <laughs> I think a lot of people just genuinely find it really difficult to put their phone down. So just this morning, just walking down the street, it's in my hand and it's really annoying. Why can't I just leave it in the pocket? Yeah. There's nothing going on. You know, if I'm going to get a phone call, it will ring. And it's almost like Shorts is tapping into that 
just constant having your phone swiping swiping down but actually i think tiktok has some brilliant content out there it learns you so well that actually the time i spend with the app i really enjoy and i don't see it as wasting time as long as i'm not busy um i think there's some really rich engaging content on there but it's just giving people again more more options and more flexibility. I mean, when you come in from work, you can what? You can watch the TV, you can o- open up TikTok, you can do YouTube. It's it's up to you. You're giving people that choice, which is why I'm saying if you want to think about creating something at the moment, the easiest way to tap into that, not only because you make it on your phone anyway, but is going to be short-based content because there isn't enough at the moment. There's more content than ever, isn't there, available to to everyone now. If you if you want to look at long form stuff, there's loads of traditional media. There's loads of new media out there. If you want to look at video content, there's YouTube. If you want to look at live content, there's Twitch and there's TikTok and and YouTube Shorts and Instagram Reels. If you want short content, so there's there's a mix out there for everyone. It's a very exciting time to be involved in the industry. But I just wanted to talk about when we talk about choice. I wanted to also touch on the fact that of the PC shortage with the pandemic, because for anyone that doesn't know, there's a worldwide semiconductor shortage due to the pandemic. And there's there's only a few companies in, in China and uh, in Taiwan, I think, as well, that that make the semiconductors and and they're not running at 100 percent, which has caused a, a global shortage in with graphics cards and other PC parts as well. <laughs> how how has that affected affected your work and, and how you do recommendations and reviews as well? Yeah, it's a really difficult one, really, because, I mean, there are less, there are significantly less review samples, but that's not really the problem. The people, the, the problem is that people can't buy the things that they, they want. It's a very weird problem to have if you're the people making the chips, because it doesn't matter what you make, it sells out instantly. Yeah. But obviously, you're leaving a lot of uh, money on the table, and why wouldn't you want to sell more products? So your main companies, you've got TSMC, um, which manufactures a lot of AMD things. Um, so you pretty much, if you if you think of a product, you have what's known as Fabless, and oh, I can't remember. But basically, companies either make everything themselves or they get another company to actually fabricate uh, the, the the chips themselves. So a company like AMD will essentially come up with some blueprints, if you like, and they they submit them to TSMC, and they have to do this about a year in advance, more or less, plus minus a few months. And it was very difficult to know that there was going to be a pandemic. So the order was way lower than was required. And you can't just suddenly turn up the amount of chips that they're making. It takes a long time. And because everyone wants more things, everyone's having the same problem. It doesn't matter whether it's a TV, a car, a graphics card. Because everyone's trying to order more things, then, yeah, I mean, sorry, we we can't make any more. (laughs) <laughs> we can make some more plants, and there have been some new plants. I mean, Intel have just uh, said they're going to do a new plant, but that's not going to open for a few years. This is the problem. It's not something you can just fix overnight. It's a long-term problem. And not that many people were talking about this that much. But then the other problem for the, uh, like your NVIDIA and your AMDs, is let's say you do then, I don't know, triple your orders, how do you know that the d- demand is still going to be the same in a year's time? What you then don't want to do is go from selling everything you make to then having a load of stuff sit on the shelves. We obviously would love that, but the people making the decisions, at some point they're going to have to decide how much quantity they want and they have to predict whether this demand is, is going to be, how long it's going to be going on for essentially. So it's a bit of a, like a cat and mouse game 
I said in a recent video that I reckon things will start to improve towards the end of the year. But then that's obviously the holiday season. And that is when a load of people then want to buy these things again. Yeah. So demand goes up. So realistically, if you if you want to the traditional thing of going on a website like Overclockers, Scan, Amazon, eBuyer, and you want to buy a graphics card and then be able to choose which one you want. You look at the best prices. Do you want one from MSI, Zotac? Do you want a reference? Uh, Asus, you you want the choice. That's not going to be happening for quite a long time. You're looking realistically probably a year, could be longer um, until we go back to that level of normality, which which really isn't very good at all, (laughs) to be honest with you. It's an incredible situation. I mean, there's always been a situation where new products come out and there's always a massive demand for it. You know, whenever there's a console launch or whenever there's a new piece of tech launch, there's always that demand and there's always an element of, you know, it's out of stock for a while, but then it always comes back. But at the moment, it's it's it, there is literally nothing out there for people that want it and they they get they sold out in second we've seen with the ps5 um the xbox series x and s um it's affecting cars all around the world like you said they've had to change some of the way some of the manufacturing in the cars so that they don't have to use as many semiconductors and um even nvidia with the 3080 ti they 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 the way they manufactured it was in a way that they had they use less of the product that they needed to if you see what i mean um you'll know way more than that than me but um that, that, yeah that was the the official explanation was essentially um 30, the vram wasn't it i think with them i think that the, uh there's a few different ways but they were saying that the you, when you're binning the chips some are slightly better than others so some can do higher clock speeds so they were saying rather than wasting them they're essentially bringing in this new skew to use the ones that won't hit the higher clock speeds and then they're selling it for less um, and then the the really the, the best ones are then on a skew that's slightly more expensive, essentially. Um, but so, it's the, so they're not they're not wasting any GPUs. They're not having to to waste any of that wafer. Yeah. Do, does that make giving advice on graphics cards a bit harder because you have to also factor in the the price of some of the graphics cards might be a lot more than they were you know a year ago for for similar specs or whatever does that make your job you know that extra bit harder it, it, for sure i mean i really actually quite enjoy doing the graphics card reviews so i try and rather than just get the results and then report them for my, my videos i i want it to be the journey so you see exactly what benchmarking looks like you see it live um, you see what it can do in certain games and then i bring in the hard numbers that you usually see and yeah the problem is at the end you have to conclude well based on these figures and based on the price it's recommended or it's not recommended and that's the bit that you just can't really do so every video <laughs> i don't make many graphics card reviews anymore for this reason but um, every graphics card review that i do has to end with well Assuming you can get it for a decent price, yeah, yeah, that's the you know, caveat. But, but, yeah. but what what does that even mean anymore? Yeah, it's... <laughs> that's the thing. Sorry, I'm sounding very depressed. No. <laughs> it is. It's not. It's not. A, it's. It's. Yeah. It's. It's. It's not great. I mean, the good yeah. thing at least is that there are some people that, or some vendors that are still selling them for MSRP. Um, it's very difficult to get hold of them. Your best bet is to get on like a stock alert Discord. There's actually YouTube videos that have stock alerts, so you can see live when when things come in. But it, it's you know it's not going to be very easy, unfortunately. But they're, they're they're making as many chips as they can, and they are selling. Cryptocurrency goes up and goes down. I think at the moment 
is probably a, a slightly more risky investment for people. So there might be some more opportunities at the moment to get GPUs than there would have been a f- couple of months ago. So there's definitely bright spots, but it's going to be very active buying um, if you do want to get a hold of one of these things. I think Linus said, didn't he, in one of his recent videos, like if you can get one at MSRP, just buy it because you can always resell it. And that was something that he, he didn't really want to say. But I think in the current climate, it's it's hard not to recommend buying it if they're going for double the price on on eBay, even if it is you know morally reprehensible to re- resell them at double the price to someone who really wants one. It's such a such a difficult situation. For I mean, everyone. yeah, if, if you can buy one and you use it, and for whatever reason you honestly don't like it or it's not good enough or something, then by all means, I think you could sell it. You know, whack it on at RRP bids, and then whatever happens happens. But I, I, yeah, I certainly couldn't condone buying a graphics card to then sell on at a higher price. I'm afraid. No, scalpers are—they're making the situation worse, aren't they? Really, by hiking up the prices and even like used graphic cards and stuff, like you said, have, have gone up massively in price. But um, yeah, I was going to ask about advice, but um, seeing as it's difficult to give advice at the moment, what I'll do instead is um, ask you what are some of the biggest mistakes that new pc builders make um in regards to their components and and how they build the pcs as well sure i think some people think it's going to be a lot easier than it is most people think it's going to be a lot harder than it actually is you don't need a soldering iron all you need is a screwdriver really helps if it's got a magnetic tip because when you're putting the screws in they stick to the screwdriver and they don't spill out everywhere i've actually true story my screwdriver that I've been using for the last like 50 builds I've done has now lost all of magnetism at the tip. Really? It's really annoying. That's how much I've used it. It's quite quite funny. I didn't wow. realize that could happen, but yeah, there <laughs> we go. Um, so yeah, grab yourself one of those. A pair of um, snub-nosed pliers is useful if something gets stuck, but I won't often need to use one of those. Uh, build under a light or near a window so you can see what's going inside. Make sure that you build as many components on top of the motherboard as possible before you start. So you grab your motherboard, you take it out of the box, out of the little wrapper, um, you place it on top of the box, and then you put your CPU in, uh, you put your cooler or your mounting hardware for the cooler on, if if applicable, uh, put your RAM, SSD and things, then build it inside of the case and just follow the instructions, really. Some are better than others, but generally speaking, it's not the most difficult thing. But if you're expecting something to, to go wrong, which is usually just you plug something in wrong or not plug something in. My first build, I uh, plugged the power switch into the power LED. So I pressed the button and nothing happened. But I think as long as you're aware that it's probably not going to work for you first time, then it's all going to go according to plan. If you think it's going to be clockwork or you're way too scared and you you know you don't really want to get stuck in and you're, you're going to miss things for, for one reason or the other, then that's when things go wrong. But I, I am aware it probably is very easy me saying all of this when I build a computer twice a week. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I, I do remember my first one vividly, um, and it, it did. I did get it working not first time, but I got it working day one. So it's it's certainly very doable. That's the main thing, isn't it? And you mentioned about how people think it's easy, and I I, I fall into that category. I think I think I've watched enough of your videos and enough of Linus Tech Tips. I mean, I'm I'm averagely technically proficient i would say not not anything above average uh, but not below average and in my head i probably could do it but 
I, I also know there's another part of my brain saying, no, you couldn't. Stop being an idiot. You've never done it before. So um... I, I promise you can do it. When I say some people think it's too easy, it would purely just be if you sort of go in without, without like, like, say, doing the research or not trying to follow instructions or just, I don't know, if, if let's say you're, you're really good at like putting a shed up or something. You know, you're that sort of person. Yeah. You're that way inclined. It doesn't quite translate to computers because things have got to be done very precisely. Or IKEA um, furniture or something. Yeah, IKEA furniture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I always miss out one of those dowels or something and just go with it. Nothing's <laughs> fallen down just yet. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to test it out at some stage, I think, um, just to see to see what would happen. Um, yeah, no, honestly, it's, it's very, fun. very simple. I don't want to use the word easy just because it can get stressful if something doesn't go right. That, that's the thing. The, the process is very simple, but it's if, if it doesn't work first time because you've rushed it or you've not looked at a few guides or something, then the stress levels get high and you then start putting on this very high sweat and you just wish that you just bought a computer. Why was I so stupid? Why did I think this would be so easy? But yeah, yeah no, just take your time. Um, get yourself quite a large case, I think helps for first time builders. There's nothing wrong with, if you want to go for a small ITX one, then by all means do that. Just be aware that it is more difficult just because there's a, there's a lot less space inside and uh, yeah, it might, might take you a little bit longer. I would say that of all the pieces I build, it's only probably one in 10, if that, that don't work first time. And I can usually fix them within a couple of minutes. Um, it's just you've got some weird issues at the moment. If I if I get very technical, if you buy a Ryzen PC at the moment, so let's say you get a Ryzen 5600X, and then you buy a B550 motherboard, something that is really annoying that most people will not know until it's too late, which is that when these B550 motherboards came out, so this is a, this is a type of motherboard that has the right socket for a Ryzen processor so it will fit in and it will work. When these were made, they actually didn't originally work with these newer Ryzen processors because they didn't exist. So you need to update your motherboard BIOS, which is the basic input-output system. So when you turn your computer on, you know it says press F, uh, press uh, F2 or press delete, and then it disappears. It only flashes up for a couple of seconds. That's the BIOS. And um, yeah, you need to up update it. Otherwise, it won't actually work with your processor. So there's been a lot of people that have gone out and bought all of these things and then it doesn't work. You get this, no, no, nothing on screen, you get a red light on your motherboard. And I think a lot of people are going to get really stressed and they wouldn't be able to fix it unless you knew what the problem was. Um, so that's that would be my hot tip, if you like. Just <laughs> just be aware that that is, that is a thing. You need to, it, it's easy to fix. You can just flash the, BIOS as long as you've got a motherboard that supports it. Um, it take too much time to explain it, but I have a video on the channel actually. If you want to, you want to watch that. Nice. A bit self promotion for you there. Um, <laughs> no, but it, it, it was brilliant how he like seamlessly. I thought I was at your level for a bit. Then you 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 were me into a full sense of security, but uh, with our chat earlier on, and then you just went up a level. Then and I was I was I'm just making note of everything. Then that's great advice for people listening. So well, really if you have that. enjoyed this, Nathan, then you know what you need to do. You need to like and subscribe. I already have. Oh, there have, you go. Yeah. So, so anyone that's listening who who wants to uh, watch Marcus build PCs and and reviews and stuff, go and subscribe to his channel. Honestly, it's 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 really cool. Um, he's 
He's a great content creator. I've been I've been told for. it's very British. That's the <laughs> comment I received yesterday. It's very British humor, apparently. I like the I like watching you your videos and then Linus's videos and then your videos again. I think that there's a really it's a really cool difference between between the two because one's very obviously Canadian and one's obviously British because obviously you're British, so it's going to be British, isn't it? But I do I do like that kind of the differences between the two. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think if you watch one of my videos from about three or four years ago, it would be very sort of serious, stiff, and wooden in the sense that uh, you, when you're looking at like really professional content, I've always thought that professional is really good. Like personally, I, I love in the US you've got Vox. I'm not sure if you've seen their, their yeah, videos. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for for me, for that style that is so well executed, it is like full proper journalism. And I guess I was always trying to like replicate that a little bit, um, or at least trying to be that way. And then as things started to grow, I think I just got more and more of myself to the point where now I think I'm probably about as myself as I could possibly be in the videos, because you're the only one that can be yourself, right? And if people like yeah. that, then uh, then no one no one can do that better than you. So that that was uh, that was what I I go for. A recent feature is people like to know what I have for lunch. So. It's usually, yeah, it's usually just like cheese and ham, but it was once, it was what I called tuna cardo. That was very nice. That went down well. What What's on the menu today? Uh, I think some leftover pie from the other day. That was a bit not great, if I'm honest. <laughs> but you, what, you, you're doing a second helping anyway? Uh, well, it's leftovers. I'm very good. I uh, have a food waste bin and I'm very proud to say it, it's very rarely has anything in it. Fair, fair, fair play, fair play. You've got to be green, haven't you, these days? Definitely with the. But what I mean, what's next for you? What's next for the channel? Sure. So I think it's just part of it is efficiency, really. So at the moment, I'll wake up at probably about eight and I'll start working usually just before or about ten o'clock after I've, I've walked the dog, and then I'll I'll usually be finished about eight o'clock, half eight, and I do that five days a week, and then at the weekends. I'm normally pretty good, but as I said, if there's a launch or if I need to like, do a thumbnail or, or something, I will do that because I don't want to leave anything to be rolled over. So I'm, it's not. I don't want to put more more time into it because I think then that crosses my personal boundary for well, work life balance. Um, but I, 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 I don't know really. I, th- I think I, I would definitely start thinking about moving into an office in a couple of years' time and and start hiring, and and actually. Uh, having something that's a bit bigger than what I do now, I guess, rather than it, it's still on the limit of what I've always described as a kid in the bedroom. I don't really think it's quite that anymore, but it is very much still a bedroom. And for the most part, I am still, still behave like a kid, really. Um, <laughs> but I think it will elevate into something nowhere near what Linus is doing. But I think it would it would certainly help to have an editor and maybe have someone that was able to assist with a bit of presenting and then sort of like you can play off each other a little bit. Um, that's probably the natural way that it's going to go. But I, I really enjoy what I do. So I'm not in any hurry to do that because I, I like every stage of the process. I like scripting. I like filming. I like editing. 
even doing the cheesy thumbnails, I quite like them. I was I was told the other day that they're they're not bad by a, a Google rep, so I'll take that. A really exciting future for you, it sounds like, and I'll definitely be be watching and and watching your your movement into different things, and really exciting to see where the tech industry goes next as well, because it's just fluctuating so much all the time. It's so hard to predict where it's going to go. So it's an exciting time for everyone. And I just want to finish by saying, um, I mean, what games are you playing at the moment? We are a gaming podcast, and I'm very conscious that we haven't actually touched on the game in specifically oh, yet no. I see, uh, no one's listening they've all gone know, oh where are the game so what games are you playing at the moment marcus so to the the four people that are remaining listening because they're they're driving and they have no way of changing the podcast to, to something else i'm actually still playing forza horizon 4 um really like that very excited for horizon 5 that was announced a few days ago just because it's i'm able to sort of sit back and and relax um, on, on the sofa, really. I, I enjoy that. Recently, there was a free game on Epic, which was Surviving Mars. I got addicted to that. That was really good. Uh, that was a paradox game, I think. And the the premise of that is that you, you land on Mars and have to like build a little colony. That's really fun. I would have happily paid money for that if uh, it wasn't free. Uh, every now and then, I play a bit of Valorant. Apex Legends is my go-to uh, Warzone play play with friends, but these days I don't actually have that much time for for games, which is a little bit of a shame, unfortunately. But I'm really excited for what's coming around the corner. I've installed uh, the Unreal Engine Five like early access demo, yeah. so looking to do yeah. a, a video on that soon, uh, just to yeah see what the ne- proper next gen looks like. If you like, I, I still have not finished Un- Uncharted Lost Legacy. I'm halfway through that. That came okay. out years ago. And yeah, still getting around to, to finishing that. So I'm a bit sporadic with what I play, but I think Apex is probably my 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 go-to alongside Forza at the moment. Yeah, it's it's just so exciting, isn't it? I mean, personally, seeing Breath of the Wild 2 gameplay for the first time at E3, that was very exciting, but I still haven't finished Breath of the Wild 1, so I think I need to get going on that at the moment. I've charged my Switch up ready. I think I'm going to have a go tonight, see if I can get... I'm on the, the last... The Last Beast. I think I'm in the desert. I forgot what it's called. Um, I haven't played it in that long, but yeah, I need to finish the game before the new one comes out. I haven't actually played that at all yet, plainly because I don't know how Nintendo games work, but they seem to always be £50. And I was waiting for it to come <laughs> yeah. down, like, just waiting for it to come down in price. 38 99 probably would have picked it up. It never goes down. Why is it always £50? It's really, really quite sad. So I still have not got around to playing that yet. Yeah, I mean, it came out in 2017, Breath of the Wild, and it is still around the 50 quid mark, which is mental, really. I have no, no idea how they've pulled that off. How does that work? How does... But yeah, sometimes when you go on, I know it's third party, but sometimes when you go on the, the Switch store, you see games for like £2, you know? Or like, yeah. obviously Steam, you're always getting games for four ninety nine or something. So, well, as I said, Epic, you get things for free. So is that £50? I don't know. <laughs> and PlayStation 5 prices as well. Um, I had to buy a load of games for review when I reviewed the PlayStation 5. And yeah, I think Demon's Souls was something like £70 Jeez. for the digital version. And yeah. it's just like, it's just crazy money, you know. It's just, I, I don't don't understand it. Yeah, Battlefield 2042 will be £70. And that has not got a story mode at all. At least on PC, I've seen on Steam, it's fifty pounds. So that, oh, that's okay. that's okay. We're we're taking inflation into account because I'm still <laughs> going off of when I bought games and they were twenty nine ninety nine, like new releases. 
um, when I was, you know, like twelve on my paper round. That that. So yeah. I'm I'm still upset when a game is is more than that. Yeah, I think we've passed that. I mean, I, I remember queuing for like FIFA 14, like queuing at Tesco at midnight, getting it for like twenty nine ninety nine or something. Yeah, I definitely remember those days. But I think. What's we're... your take on midnight launches? Because I've only ever done it once. I did it for. Uh, GTA 5 oh yeah and yeah. I was so tired when I got home I just wanted to sleep <laughs> yeah I think with the FIFA games it just used to be something that me and my friends did every year just because it was like a just a social event almost about like getting in the queue and having that excitement of everyone around you you know talking about what it could be like and stuff and I think it was just a social thing um, yeah yeah I, the, the queuing actually was was better than it better than it sounds yeah really. I haven't camped anywhere though Maybe maybe that's still to come. Um, yeah, it's Switch just, Pro. Well, yeah. If there's any stores open, because it's all going online, isn't it, um, these days? But it's no, nothing nothing better than a, a good old queue, especially, you know, for British listeners out yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Very, love... uh, very British thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I actually ordered my PlayStation 5. I got mine from Amazon, and that was in a field, again, on the dog walk um, at something like... 10 past 9am or something I had an alert set up um, so I was very fortunate to be able to get that for for launch but yeah that sold out in a couple of minutes so it's, yeah we, we've we've gone from queuing outside game at midnight to standing in a farmer's field and then having it arrive on launch day <laughs> I, yeah, I remember getting my, my Series X and I remember being in that game queue and I remember refreshing because it, it froze and I thought that I've, I've messed it up you know when you you just think why have i done that because i'm going to be kicked out the queue now and then i refreshed it and all of a sudden i was at checkout and i was like okay let's just let's not tell anyone let's just carry on just just keep going let's see what (laughs) happens and then it came so well that that was it wasn't it i think there were some people that had ordered one and then it it never arrived yeah i i didn't get any notification on when it was going to be delivered when it was dispatched it just turned up one day it was really really strange really really strange you, you've spent a lot more time with me than I expected. So I honestly really appreciate you having a chat with me and talking about your career. It's been really interesting to find out more about someone that I've been watching for a while. And if anyone hasn't subscribed or followed you or watched your videos already, go and do it. You won't regret it. It's a, it's a great channel and I'm sure you've got loads of exciting things in the pipeline. So thanks again. And um, not that you need it, but best of luck for everything in the future, Marcus. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. I'm actually doing a hardline water cooled builder it's the first time i've ever done a hard line with like the bending the tubes and things have you got your heat gun and stuff have you uh, i need to order that actually but i'm making oh, okay. that next week so if you do want to see me uh to suffer and fail a little bit or maybe get it right first time who knows then yeah that'll that'll be a good little entry point for you well this episode is probably being released next week so by the time you listen to this go to the pc centric channel on youtube and check that video out uh, i think yeah i think it comes out on the 29th to be exact but 29th. there'll be plenty of good stuff Don't you worry. (laughs) Thanks again, Marcus. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, best of luck for everything in the future. Thank you very much. See you later. Thank you for listening to Level Up, the esports and gaming show. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave us a rating and review. You can also follow us on Twitter at Level Up Pod, where you'll find all of our previous episodes and information about how to subscribe. We'll be back with a brand new episode very soon. Level Up.